Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, it seems from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. When even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. So hopefully, Jeff, we can find someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you meet anybody, let me know let right me know. away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how are you, buddy? I am good. I am good. Jasmine's here with us. She just got married a couple weeks ago. She did. That's She's our, awesome. our new producer. Um, did you get invited? I didn't. <laughs> I was just, I don't yeah. remember, maybe it was lost in the mail. I don't remember being invited. Did you get invited? I, I, I did not, actually. I was thinking to myself no. when I first found out about the wedding, I was like, you know what I really want to do? I marked off my calendar. I want to go to Jasmine's wedding. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Was there a reception? I wouldn't know. I wasn't invited to any of it. Yeah. No, I, I there wasn't a piece of it that I was uh, made aware of. No. Um, I barely knew the date, and I think that was more of a work thing. Like, hey, just so you know, Jasmine's not available. That's right. That's right. Did yeah. she send you the link to her registry? I got that. <laughs> <laughs> there was, no, I didn't get that. She likes me more. So, <laughs> some version of just buy me stuff, but stay away from my actual wedding. I just say there's some pain involved. What's let's the, talk about pain this week. Let's Joe. talk about pain. Actually, Relational well, pain. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing is, uh, you know, some of you are watching Jeff and I cheese off right now, and uh, some of you are only hearing this. But if all of you could have seen <laughs> the shade of red of Jasmine's face while Jeff was <laughs> ranting about that, that was pretty. She's hiding pretty her eyes right now. Oh That's my sad. goodness. Sad. Well, sad. Speaking, you know what, Joe? Friends won't be friends forever. <laughs> Well, if the Lord's the Lord of them. No, they, you won't get invited to their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> she even got married in my church building. I'm the pastor of this church, Joe. I didn't even get invited. Wow. Well, I want to know, you know, that's actually funny that you think that. How many weddings happen <laughs> at our church? That, that I don't wedding? know about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lots. <laughs> most, probably. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Anyway, um, well, uh, we are, <laughs> speaking of relational issues, um, <laughs> today we're actually going to talk about anger. Um, and so one of the things, one of the trends that seems to be happening in our world right now on social media is when people get angry, I think especially uh, we'll see this with some folks that um, would at least label themselves Christian. I want to be careful how I uh, po- poise that. Um, but they'll say things like, well, you know, well, Jesus flipped the tables. Yeah. You know, um, and if he flipped tables, then I can get really upset about this, and I can get really angry about this. And what Jesus would have done is he'd have, you know, and then they usually use it as some type of an excuse to go on whatever angry uh, angry tirade that they're hoping to get on. So, Jeff, I guess I'll ask this question first. Are we, like, allowed to get angry? Should we keep anger at bay? Like, how does that work? And then we'll go from there. Well, uh, the answer is yes and no. So uh, I think we have to be really, really careful saying, well, Jesus did something, therefore, mm-hmm. in his perfection, he did something, therefore, in my imperfection, I could do the same thing. Uh, Jesus gave his life for us, Jesus gave all he had to the poor, Jesus never had a home or a possession, so if you want to play that card, play it all the way. Yep. So I, I, that's a little bit of a 
touch point for me because mm-hmm. it's a, an excuse for a lot of abuse of the scripture. Yep. Um, taking uh, an isolated incident out of the context of the character uh, in the heart of God and um, applying it to yourself. So just that was just a little rant. But um, <laughs> Does it make you angry? It, it makes me not as bad as not being invited to Jasmine's wedding, but it does make me a little angry. So the question was, is it okay to be angry? And the answer is yes and no. So there is a righteous anger, which is what, you saw displayed uh, in Jesus when he flipped over the the uh, uh, money changers' uh, tables. Now, we just put in that somehow he was ranting and raving and out of control, and, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't know what that actually looked like or how that actually played out, but we do know that he did that, and he did that on purpose, and it was a righteous anger. And so um, a righteous anger is an anger that comes, and this was what Jesus was actually illustrating. He was angry that someone's path to his Father's heart was being blocked in his Father's name, Mm. right? So he's angry that the heart of his Father was... Uh, uh, tainted and perverted in its presentation to other people. If you want your sins forgiven, and if you want to be right with God, pay this exorbitant amount for this sacrifice, and we're going to make a bunch of money off of it, and then we'll see. So there, there's there's the biblical example of that. There's all kinds of examples of that tied to uh, Jesus even now. Mm-hmm. So anybody who says, uh, if you give God $1,000, he'll bless you, is doing the same thing. Uh, anybody who says if you give money to the church, it'll buy someone's soul out of purgatory is doing the same thing. They're perverting um, the heart of God. They're stealing or claiming money in the name of God, which, by the way, is the number one sign of a false prophet that the mm-hmm. Apostle Paul would write about is they use the gospel for personal benefit. So... That's what Jesus was angry about, and he was angry righteously. Um, what the Scripture says is, in your anger, then what it says to us is, do not sin. So hmm. Jesus did not sin. So his anger was righteously justified. Uh, his anger was sinlessly acted upon. That's why I think we have to be real, real careful what we assume Jesus, that he he blew his top and lost his cool, and that's what was going on, right? So it was sinlessly acted upon, but it was directed toward the right uh, things, right? And it was mostly that block between God's heart and our heart. Uh, most of our anger is us being upset and us not getting our way or us not uh, somebody not conforming to what we want them to conform to. So most of our anger is not justified, and what we tend to get angry about is revealing, and what we tend to not care about or what we don't get angry about is revealing. So we tend to get angry when someone uh, makes us impatient or when someone doesn't do what we want them to do or we feel in some way somebody... Uh, took something from us, or our plans are frustrated. Most of the things that make us angry are very self-centered. We don't tend to care at all about child sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. 
or uh, racial injustice or the fact that uh, nobody will tell our neighbor about who Jesus is. So the, the types of things that we are passive about tend to be the types of things that Jesus was passionate about yep. and kind of vice versa. Jesus was passive, you know, when he had a chance to defend himself in front of Pilate, he was like, nah, I'm just not going to say anything. He was passive, so to say. We would have been passionate about that. Sure. Right? So it's those kind of things that you have to sort through. But I think there is, I know from Scripture, there is a righteous anger that moves, that motivates, uh, that, that, that we can engage with because Christ did. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask a little uh, side bonus question here, and this will be a bonus topic for our listeners here. Okay. And surprise to Jeff. These, right. are my, these are my favorite questions because we, we prepped these a little bit, and uh, but this one he didn't know was coming. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the first uh, sign of a false prophet is by doing these things for personal gain. Um, but uh, Jeff, we ask people to give money to our church All the like time. Aren't, aren't aren't we doing the same thing not remotely excellent so explain how that's different well because we're 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 not tying it to you getting a reward excellent so uh you know like here at the bath campus of grace church right now we're building a, a big uh, addition to facilitate our sports ministries um we prayed about that we fasted about that. We considered that. And then we, with 100% honesty and transparency, put that in front of the people mm-hmm. of the church. And we said, this is what we believe God is asking us to do. Um, we believe this is a practical solution to a problem, mm-hmm. right? We don't have enough space. Uh, here's the way that God has been using a program. Here's the way that we think he can use it. And the answer to get from here to there in this particular case is a building. Do you understand that? Do you have questions about that? And the and the people of the church said yes and, and yes. You know, we talked about it, processed it. And then it was, it cost uh, $9 million. Mm-hmm. That, that was the whole thing. But it, it cost as much money. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to pull your money together and pay for it? And and by commitment, we collectively said, yes, we do. Okay. There's nothing manipulative about that. Yep. There's no, the Bible says specifically that you should not give out a compulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you should not give out a guilt or shame. So here's the issue. Here's what we'll spend the money on. This is why we think it's a good decision. Do you agree and want to join? And a bunch of the church joined in. Some of the church didn't, but we raised the money, and then we will spend it on that thing. There, that that is not personally benefiting anybody. Um, we just a couple weeks ago uh, commissioned a missionary uh, couple and a church planning couple, and we we're like, "This is what they're going to go do. This is where they're going to go do it, and it takes this much money for them to do that without having another job." Do you want to support them? And then collectively as a church, through commitment, we say yes or no, yeah. right? Um, and the same thing, you know, you and I are both uh, people who uh, our salaries are given by the people of God. Yeah. 
um, here's the, you know, if we want to bring a pastor on, this is what it costs. Uh, do you want to do that or not? And uh, this is the reason that we came up with that number and how we came up with it. Does that make sense to you or not? And then we support someone. That's completely different yeah. than uh, God promised me a new jet, and he'll bless you if you buy it for me. Right. Right? So I, I think in a healthy church and, and in a health, healthy spiritual interaction about money, money is pragmatic. It's a tool. And it's like, well, that costs that. Mm-hmm. If we don't want to do that, we can do this. But, you know, it's just, and to me, that's just like an adult conversation. Mm-hmm. It's when it's secretive. It's when it's manipulative. It's when um, you're no longer uh, providing for and blessing a person, but now they're taking, you know, if, if I don't care how big your church is, you don't need a $10 million a year salary. Sure, yep. Right? But if you live in Southern California as opposed to Northeast Ohio, those salary numbers are going to look a lot different. Sure. That's not the issue. Right. The issue is, like, is somebody stealing or manipulating from God's people um, so that in the name of Jesus, you should give God's money to me in the name of Jesus— and and the when Paul's talking about this, he's saying that's a false prophet when he's abusing the gospel. Uh, this is the way that uh, they built Saint Peter's uh, Basilica, the Vatican. Hmm. They said, um, if you want to get your loved ones out of hell, out of purgatory, you have to give this money. And the more you give, the more likely they are not going to spend eternity there. Well, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And it's a manipulation. What the money changers were doing at the temple that day, um, people in the Old Testament needed to offer an animal sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. That was God's law and God's system. So now all these people are coming to the temple. They're coming from far and wide. It's very difficult to bring a dove or a goat or whatever with you. And so they would provide them there. That's fine. Um, I don't even think it would have been a real big deal if they said uh, the dove cost you know a dollar seventy five. Could you pay two dollars for it? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's fine. It's like a it's a fair. But they were like the dove cost a dollar seventy five. Would you pay fifty dollars for it? And if you don't, your sins aren't going to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the that's not all that was going on there. But that's a type of thing. Yep where Jesus was like, wait a minute, you're making money. You're, you're not um, uh, breaking even like a healthy church would. We would look and say, hey, here's our expenses, what we think they should be. We would present a budget, and the people would be like, okay, we, we agree with that. Yep. And so if you, if you do it right, you kind of wind up with no money at the end of the year because whatever's here at Grace, like whatever's left over, we give away, mm-hmm. you know, to to ministry efforts. We never we don't have this big pile of money to make. That was different than these guys. He gets a cut and he gets a cut and he gets a cut, and that's f- the number one sign of a false prophet yeah. when when they are um, abusing the gospel and getting uh, ridiculously wealthy 
playing off people's desire to honor Christ. Yeah. I knew I could ask that question off the cuff because I know that's a big conviction here. It's a big conviction here. Yeah. And so uh, I knew that you would be able to walk us through that. Something I'm proud of, honestly, as I uh, get to serve and lead here as well. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to ask that question is because I actually think it leads us into an interesting piece of what people get angry about. And a lot of times certain things will spark um, almost like a flare-up of emotion, and instead of investigating it, we'll ride that emotion into like a season of anger. Yeah. And and sometimes that's caused by what I'll call um, like similar actions. And so they'll see in the scripture, or they'll know from that one time they might have heard about it, that, man, they were doing something with money at the temple, and Jesus flipped tables. And now here's my church talking about something, asking for money. Shouldn't we also be angry about this right. like Jesus was? It's like... It's not the same thing. No. Um, and we have to be careful that just because something looks similar um, doesn't mean that it deserves the same reaction. Yeah. I, I, so anger is a secondary emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're always mad about something. Yep. And understanding what that is is important because I, I, uh, when I'm angry, I'm angry. And when I'm hurt... I'm angry. <laughs> and when I'm sad, I'm angry. Yep. And when I'm scared, I'm angry. Yeah. Right? And and I could go on. Like, it all comes out as, like, Jeff, large and in charge, and you better do what I say right now kind of a thing. And, and for me to be Christ, like, I have to back that up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, what? Why do I feel this way right now? I would say in our humanity... Eight times out of ten, my anger is not justified. It's usually selfish, if I'm being honest. It's just usually selfish. I'm angry at Heidi because she didn't do something I wanted her to do. I'm angry at the kids because I'm impatient with them, whatever. I think is I think there are times when our anger is justified, when we see an injustice, when we see an abuse. Um we are spurred to a righteous anger that that can lead to a righteous action. But God would say very, very strongly, vengeance is mine. So the righteous action is not to even the score. The righteous action is not to make you feel what I felt. You abuse me, now I abuse you. That's not the righteous action. That is left to God. The righteous action would look more like to rescue the orphan, to protect the widow. It would spur me to get in between the one being victimized and the one doing the victimization. And and my anger, so to say, would spur me to be at that place. But it's it's not a trigger. And and I'll watch um, elements of, of the Church of Jesus do this, uh, like when they're on a street corner preaching Bible verses, Mm -hmm. and they're yelling, and they're angry, and they're scowled, and they're screaming at people, and and you'll say, like, where does that come from? Well, it's like the prophets of the Old Testament. Well, you're reading it. You don't know what they sounded like. Mm -hmm. You, You don't know how they were communicating. You don't know, well, the people rejected them. They were rejecting the Word of God. They weren't necessarily rejecting the actions of of the prophet. Mm-hmm. So you you have read, you have painted that scenario in your mind. And I see us do that with Jesus a lot, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, where we'll paint a scenario, if I was Jesus, I would be like this at the temple. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to the Pharisees like this, you brood of viper, you whitewashed tomb. Well, I'm like, you don't, you don't know that that... What, what, if he, what if he said that with grief in his voice? Mm-hmm. You know, I love you, but you're, you're, like, you're like a brood of vipers or a whitewashed tomb. Don't you see? Mm-hmm. See? And, and we don't know... But we would we'll jump and then justify mm-hmm. because it, it really is if I was God, I would handle it like this. So that must be what God was like. Yeah. And when you put that into a compassionate God who has a love for sinners, uh, who has a desire to embrace them, and then you think about what that sounds like. Yep. It it doesn't sound like Jesus losing his 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 temper on people, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's that kind of stuff, but it also doesn't sound like passivity. So, um, you know, the uh, uh, Northeast Ohio has one of the highest sex trafficking rates in all of North America. That should make us angry. Yeah, sure should. And it should spur us to action, and it has here at Grace Church. Uh, Northeast Ohio has one of the highest drug overdoses in North America. It should make us angry, mm-hmm. and it should spur us to action, and it did mm-hmm. and does here at Grace Church. And um, I remember when we were raising the money for the Restore Opioid Recovery House, which was us asking for money, and it was over a million dollars that we gave to help mm-hmm. build that. Um, I remember talking about it and saying, I am, I cannot do one more funeral of a mm-hmm. drug overdose. I'm going to lose my mind. Yep. Right? I'm mad about it. Yep. I'm not mad at the person who OD'd. I'm not I'm mad at the the wickedness and the sin and the brokenness and the destruction. If I have to look another kid in the eye whose daddy OD'd, I, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like and it's it spurred us to godly compassion, yep. godly grace. Which, ironically, in view of your spontaneous question, godly generosity, yep, and we because we were mad, yep, about it, and and I'm like, I don't, I I don't even think we were mad sinlessly. <laughs> I don't think we have the ability to clear all that up, but that's different mm-hmm. than I told you to be at the car 15 minutes ago, and honestly, my blood pressure is usually higher about that stuff. Yeah. Most of the time, it's higher about that stuff. Who, who moved the Apple remote? <laughs> Which is a common refame in my house, right? Like it, my blood pressure is usually higher about that than did you know that they're selling little girls? Right. Right? I think that um, you really touched on something that I think is so important, and it's what are those godly responsible actions supposed to look like after the fact? You know, like... I'll, um, I follow a couple of Instagram accounts that'll talk about how, um, you know, like you see these, op- these uh, oppressive things in our culture and whether it's economic power or whether it's racism or whether it's um, sexism or, or whatever it is. And um, one of the things that um, fueled this question for me, at least, was I saw people responding like, well, when Jesus got mad at injustice, he flipped tables. You know, and I think that a lot of people will compare Jesus flipping tables 
to whatever it is that we want to do in in uh, in revenge of this action. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm often thinking of is Jesus made a point. Jesus certainly got everyone's attention when he flipped tables, but he spilled people's catch boxes on the floor. Yeah. And now we're talking about like taking over the government. Like that's a very different, well, since Jesus flipped tables, I'm going to hurt this person. I'm going to attack this person. That's right. I'm going to, and that's very, very different. It's very different. Godly anger does not look like rioting. Mm-hmm. It does not look like burning businesses down. It does not look like harming people. It doesn't look like hate groups. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look like any kind of violence. You you never would see Jesus doing any of that. Godly anger, in my perspective, is it looks like radical love, radical compassion. It looks like standing for justice. Um, it looks like protecting the innocent. Um, it, it looks like um, a renewed effort to proclaim the gospel, right? Um, instead of looking at uh, Muslim, uh, the rise of Islam, and saying we should nuke them, righteous anger at a false teaching sounds like we should reach them. Yeah. Right? And, and so it, it looks like Christ-likeness acted on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not look like my agendas acted on or my frustrations acted on. And uh, I think you saw, like, when you think about racial relations as an example, what you saw with Martin Luther King was a righteous anger. Uh, when you see cities being burned down, police being attacked, you're, you're seeing vengeance, mm-hmm. right? Um, when, when, you, uh, when you see someone get in between a abuse victim and their abuser and rescuing a victim, reporting an abuser, prosecuting, the, that's a righteous anger. Uh, when, when, you, um, when you see uh, wealthy people feeding impoverished people because they're angry that the inequality is makes you angry like well pass on your eight dollar coffee and put i mean right so it it's it sparks you so and that's what i mean it also doesn't look like passivity what what i see a lot right now i'll probably get yelled at for this but i see a lot of people who empathize but they don't move yep so, so they will they will have an eight dollar coffee with five friends who have an eight dollar coffee, and and uh, we have forty bucks that we're drinking instead of thirty five bucks that we're feeding people with, and we all could have had coffee somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's actually passivity. So like awareness is passivity, and. Uh, wokeness is passivity Mm -hmm. it's only until that actually turns into actions that you yourself sacrifice for socialism is passivity you you taking what i have to do what you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. is passivity what jesus would say is when it moves me Mm -hmm. and all i own i give to the poor that the the uh 
the government doing that is compulsion. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving, Jesus says, you don't do, or, uh, the, the Scripture says, you don't do out of compulsion. You do out of generosity. So that's what that looks like. It looks like me moving, me changing, me sacrificing. In the, in the case of a local church, it looks like we are doing that to mm-hmm. accomplish a given goal, all in the open, all without spiritual manipulation, and all with no promise of a personal reward. Right. I'm doing this for the glory of God and for the love of people. Yeah, um, Jesus, I love, I think Jesus meant to, uh, and we focus a lot on the greatest commandment to love other people, and that's not just to empathize with them. I think that's a great summary point for all of us that are listening, that that love is an actionable command. It's something that we should go and do, yep. that we reach out to people and help them, and we don't just say, wow, I too think it was terrible that you're going through this hard time, and now I'm going to Target, um, <laughs> you know, and doing whatever I want. How can we actually sacrifice our time, our energy, our talents, and even our money to then respond with compassion to those people? One last follow-up question I want to ask on this, Jeff. When these people um, that we get angry with hit a very personal chord with us, and maybe it's one of these issues, maybe we really are, honestly, um, fired up about racism or sex trafficking or something like that, or maybe you're just really mad at mom because she left you, or maybe you're just really mad at your brother because he stole money from your dad and now there's this big rift between your family, or like, how do we, how do we kind of put ourselves in the mind and the viewpoint of God so that we can see them the same way that he does, and that maybe helps us act in a more compassionate manner? I think that's a really great question and a little bit complicated. So what what I would say is something along these lines. I don't think I can give a definitive answer to sure. every situation, but a def, uh, something along these lines. When I have exercised all the biblical remedies. So if my brother offends me, I go to him. If he won't listen, I take a brother. If he won't listen to me, I take the church. Uh, As much as possible, I live at peace with all people. I forgive as I've been forgiven. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And and there's more. When I have exercised the biblical remedies that, that I would know to exercise, what the scripture would say is you then turn them over. Mm-hmm. So I look at my, you made up an example of your brother sold money from your dad. I confronted, I tried, I went, I pursued, I didn't, I turned them over. You know what? That's your problem with God. And, and I'm actually not going to allow it to be my problem with you. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to pretend. It doesn't mean I'm going to trust you. It means that I'm not going to walk around bitter and vengeful and full of malice. Mm-hmm. Instead, this is Ephesians 4 and 5, I'm going to have compassion, forgive as I've been forgiven. I'm going to replace it. Yeah. Right? So I think there's a process, and, and then uh, that's... When you go through that process and then you turn them over to God's justice um, without enabling them and without being naive, I think that's where it's, it's forgiveness. You know what? I choose to forgive you, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to forgive as I've been forgiven, 
forgiveness is not equal trust. Forgiveness is not equal in enablement. But I'm going to live in forgiveness, and and forgiveness then is a habit. It's not an action. Mm-hmm. So I never forgive a person once. Seventy times seven. So you you would take all that Jesus says about all of those things, love your enemy, and you would process it through. I would seek wise counsel. I would ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, and you process it through. And when when you've kind of come, I don't want to say to the end of that process, but you've kind of exhausted it a little bit, and they're in the exact same place, that's when you kind of hand them to God. Yeah, because a lot of what you're saying is reminding me that, like, this person on some level either doesn't get it, they're blind to it, um, or, like even Jesus says, they're a sheep without a shepherd. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't realize how much destruction they're causing. Or even if they do, maybe it's the whole hurting people hurt people thing. Yep. It's like there is a there is a God level in this that he sees his lost children really living within the 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 consequence and the downward spiral of their sin. That's and he right. doesn't want them to perish. He wants them to bring them to life. That's right. And and like you said, they could be doing that out of pain. They could be doing that out of baggage. They can be doing that out of wickedness. Absolutely. And yeah. hard-heartedness. That becomes God. When I have done all that I know to do, it becomes God's problem. And if God shows me or somebody helps me think of another thing to do, I should do that too. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so that's what I mean. I don't, I don't think like when you run through the list, you're done. But I do think there's a point where you look and say, you're going to answer to God for your heart, and I'm going to answer to God for my heart. So I want to make sure my heart toward you is is honoring Christ. Yep, absolutely. Well, um, I hope that this is helpful for you. As Jeff mentioned earlier, anger pops up in all of us for all kinds of reasons, and it's a very common secondary emotion to a lot of the things that uh, kind of jolt us and get our attention in life. And so if you want help with this, if you want to process it more, or if you have follow-up questions, by all means, let us know. If you'd like to submit a question to this podcast, you can do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash messages. And if we can help you take any of these next steps or be praying for you, make sure you reach out and let us know. If you like what you're hearing and you want to continue to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, rate, follow, review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church home, make sure that you know that you can join us here on the weekends here at Grace or online if you're out of the area. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll catch you next time.